0: Good to be back here this morning. Our uh, our topic for this morning, if I can ever find my pocket there, our topic for this morning will be um, dealing with uh, with the most important subject uh, as the Lord's church that we uh, that we can possibly ever approach, and uh, and that is salvation. Uh, I'd like to take for a title this morning the evidence of salvation, and as we think about that title, uh, we're going to approach it uh, in a couple different ways. Now, now first and foremost, we we know um, that there is a, that the salvation of the Lord is a no-so salvation. Uh, this is something that, uh, as I talk to people today, that they really don't understand in a lot of instances uh and 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 it's not to be look folks this is not something that we should brag about this is actually a something to be very sad about that there's there's people who you can have biblical conversations with people and they can know a lot about scripture but when you ask them do they know the lord a lot of times their salvation doesn't hinge on an experience with the Lord. It hinges upon their knowledge or or the fact that they accepted him. Now, I don't have an issue necessarily with the verbiage, I accepted Christ. We all have to. We all have to. If, If we're going to be children of God, the first thing that we have to do is we have to recognize that He is. That is accepting Him. And, but the problem is, is we can't stop there. Uh, and so we're going to get into this. The evidence The evidence of salvation. I'm going to take uh, my first uh, text from Ephesians chapter 5, 6 through 10. Now I've got three different Sets of scripture that I'm going to approach this morning. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to look at these. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 6 through 10. Paul writes to the, ch- to, in the letter to the church there at Ephesus, um, let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of, of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but ye are not but now are ye light in the lord walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and in truth and this is the key proving what is acceptable unto the lord right so the 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 holy spirit now we know that when we are Saved by God, right? That that is a process, it's, and it's not a. And I want to, when I say a process, I want you to understand salvation is instantaneous, right? But the but but approaching that point isn't. Uh, there's a, there's things you got to go through. You've got to know. Everybody loves John three sixteen, but everybody doesn't go beyond that. We go beyond John three sixteen, and it says. If you believe in Christ, you're not condemned, but if not, then you are condemned already. See, you have to understand if you haven't been born again, if you haven't had an experience with the Lord, that you are condemned by Him already. That means, that means you've already been tried, you've already been found guilty, and that the only thing that's left is the punishment. Right? That's what that means when it says that you are condemned already. And and that's the first job of the Holy Spirit of God, is to convict men and women, mankind, but to convict us of our sins in our heart. That's where he does that work. He convicts us in our heart. That's the first job of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, now the ultimate job of the Holy Spirit of God is to glorify Christ, but that begins first by convicting people of their sins now we know that that next that it is repentance and faith is how we achieve how we actually get saved and and Paul writes um, and and I'm I, I personally of the of persuasion. Repentance is granted unto us by God when we meet His conditions. And I want to give a, an example of why I believe that. If I do something that wrongs Brother Carter, I can come to Brother Carter and apologize all day long, can I? But whether or not that is accepted is up to Brother Carter. Brother Carter is the one who determines if I'm forgiven of that or not. Not not me. I don't get to forgive myself if I've wronged Brother Carter. Brother Carter has to forgive me. The The same thing goes with God. God is the offended party in this transaction. God is the one who has to let you know that He forgives you, doesn't He? When he forgives you, an instantaneous process takes place. And after the granting of repentance, faith is granted. And that faith we place in the Lord Jesus Christ because it's Jesus Christ who it is that God reconciled us to himself. Once that happens, then the Holy Spirit takes up residence, doesn't it? It takes up residence within us. That, it's that Holy Spirit that does the baptism of blood, right? That's the one who applies the blood to the doorpost and lintel of our heart. That's who it is that does that work. And so the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us, and that is comparative to a tree that begins to grow, doesn't it? And as that tree grows, it produces fruit and and that's what Paul's talking about here. The fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is that good, what is what is acceptable unto the Lord. Now next, I want to look at galatians five twenty two through twenty six here uh, five twenty two through twenty six But the fruit of the spirit, right is love. He's going to address what it is. It's love, joy, peace, long suffering or patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, or temperance. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And if we go back to Ephesians, he says this is what it is that proves what is acceptable unto the Lord. Right? We look back in Galatians, and he says this, Against such there is no law, and so people can't understand why aren't we under the law anymore. Well, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And once we've brought, been brought to Christ and the Holy uh, Spirit has taken a residence within us and we start to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit of God, there's no law against those things. There's no law against those things. And so I want to look at these fruits of the spirit, but before I do, before I do, I'd like us to look at one other thing. Uh, Hebrews chapter eleven, and we all know what we're we're going to be talking about here. Hebrews chapter eleven, um, verses uh, verses one and two, and verse six, right? For faith, right? Because this is what we have to have. Uh, if I could actually get to the right place here it's bad when you're trying to do it uh, electronically, but uh, and you can't do it. but uh, what is my problem? Hebrews 11. So we're going to look at the first, the second for the now faith is the evidence of things not seen. the substance of things hope the, the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things hoped for uh, uh, I cannot read this morning. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There we go. And by it, for by it the elders attained a good report, right? So faith is necessary uh, for us to, uh, to do what here? He's going to tell us in the sixth verse, But without faith it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please him. And so here's where he says, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, right? And Jesus said that if you don't believe that I am, that that in and of itself can prevent you from getting saved. Jesus was the incarnate God. He was God made flesh. He dwelt among men, uh, and uh, he was, uh, and then after he died, he was seen of something like five hundred men before he rose again. And so here he says, faith is necessary to, for the for the pleasing of God. So that that, that issuance of faith is necessary, and, and then once we have that, that Holy Spirit takes place in, or takes uh, home in us, and, and we begin to grow. Uh, And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth of the Lord uh, and not be uh, satisfied uh, with just that rudimentary uh, knowledge, right? When a child is born, uh, they don't continue on the way they were from the day that they were first born. They begin to learn different things, don't they? They they learn how to crawl. They learn how to well before that they learn how to roll over. Then they learn how to crawl. Then they learn how to walk. Eventually they they learn to feed themselves. Uh, They they learn to do all these other things. Usually nowadays, by the time they're two and a half, they learn how to use a phone. Uh, (laughs) That's just the way it is nowadays. And I'm not exaggerating on that two and a half thing. That's true. (laughs) But. From the day that they're born, they begin accumulating knowledge, don't they? And and every piece of knowledge that they accumulate helps them to, to do more things, doesn't it? And the same thing goes for us. When the Holy Spirit takes up home in us, it's for a purpose, isn't it? It's for a purpose that when we walk among people, uh, that they may see the conversation of our lives. And that doesn't mean that we're running around uh, yakking all the time. It means that the way that we conduct our business in this world speaks of God. Speaks of God. And so we get back over into Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. These are the evidence. These are the evidences. That you've been saved, right? Because Paul said in the 10th verse of the the 5th chapter of Ephesians that these are the things which prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. First one was love. Now love is often rendered charity, right? And charity is really the proper rendering because it's a giving of love without an expectation of any return. And uh, in, in Romans chapter 13 verse 10, Uh, Paul writes this love worketh no ill to his neighbor And, and this fulfills one of the two commandments upon which the entire law was hung the first one being that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy strength second one being that you would love your neighbor as unto yourself because the second one testifies to the first one and upon those two things hung the entirety of the law and here Paul writes and he says love worketh no ill to his neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. The word love there in both instances translated as the word agape. That's oftentimes translated or oftentimes viewed as the love of God because God did something for us at Calvary that we could never repay Him for. Ever. We could never repay Him for sending Jesus to the cross to die for our sins. And not only that, Isaiah tells us it pleased Him to bruise Him. Why? Because he he was so fond of his creation. He loved his creation so much, he said, I'll sacrifice my only begotten son. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, this is agapeo, this is the verb sense of it, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, just as we just said, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everybody knows that verse. That's that is love in action. That's the verb. That's the verb form of love. That it was a it was a, the God showing His love to the world uh, in John three sixteen and in John first John three fourteen John says that one of the ways we know that we've been saved is this way. We know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We love our brothers and our sisters in the Lord. I, I've heard people testify about when, the moment they got saved, maybe there was somebody that went, they, that went to that church that they didn't necessarily have a very high opinion of, or they didn't really love them or like them or, or whatever the case may be. But after they got saved, they loved them. You see, we can't expect people who aren't saved to behave like they are. Because one of the things that love shows us is that the love that we have for our brethren testifies to the fact that we have been saved. It's a constant reminder, isn't it? I think this is one of the damaging things when a church begins to fight against amongst themselves. Is that they by the rejecting their brethren it's a, a rejection of the love of God which they're supposed to show one toward another you're not supposed to be uplifted in your thoughts and we'll touch on that here in just a minute joy is the second one joy is the second one 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 6 Paul writes rejoice not in iniquity but rejoice in the truth Jesus said I am the way uh Unto the Father, because no man cometh unto the the Father except by me. Uh, I am the truth. Jesus is the truth of God. Because he's, he's the giver of the gospel, isn't he? He's the giver of the gospel. And we rejoice in it, don't we? We rejoice in the gospel message. Rejoice in the truth. And and not only so in in Romans five and eleven, Paul writes this. He says, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord, through the Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement of what of our sins. Folks, Jesus is it. He's the show, isn't he? He's the he is he is what it's all about. When we come here, it doesn't need to be about anything but Jesus. And, and if in some small way we're making it about ourselves, then we're not doing. We're, we're not rejoicing in who we should be rejoicing in. We should be rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, Romans twelve eight. Paul writes this and says, "Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. And he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness." Folks, we ought to have a. We, this ought to be a cheerful place to come to, isn't it? When you walk in here. This should be a place where when somebody comes in and they don't know us, they leave saying, those people have to be on drugs because those are the happiest people I've ever seen in my life. Well, we're not on any kind of foreign substance, but we are happy in the Lord. <laughs> right? When we go to church, we shouldn't say, i have to go to church today. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Right? Serving God should be a passion of ours. It should be a love that we have. And that would show forth and testify the fact that we've been saved. Peace. Now this is one of the things that we always say, you will know it when you got it, right? You'll know when you've been saved because one of the things that you'll have evidenced in you is peace with God, right? Peace with God, that's going to be evidence, but that's going to show forth also in the keeping of the peace in the Lord's house. See, this is the problem, isn't it? When churches get to fighting against themselves, not only is there no joy, there's no peace. If there's no joy and there's no peace and there's no love, how are you the body of Christ? Therefore, being justified by faith, Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? That peace that passes all understanding. And that peace that passes all understanding is evidenced in this: Isaiah chapter eleven, six through nine. And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kin, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the child shall lead them, and a cow and the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones and shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. That is peace that passes all understanding. Animals that are natural enemies no longer No longer. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. See, they go together. All joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We wonder why churches don't flourish today. (laughs) We focus on ourselves too much. We, instead of saying it's about worshiping and giving God uh, His thanks and His praise and His gratitude and, and and letting the fruit of the Spirit bubble up and and uh, and be uh, evidence there uh, among ourselves, we're, we're oftentimes too worried about well, what does sister such and such think or brother so and so think? What about this or that or the other? We're always making all of these different uh, uh, these different statements in our maybe not outwardly but in our minds we think these things we feel these things and they prevent us from actually being able to worship god we wonder why the holy spirit of god doesn't manifest his presence among us it's because we're too worried about worldly things long suffering long suffering this one gets misused a lot (laughs) i can do all things through christ who strengtheneth me which strengtheneth me that doesn't mean some worldly exercise. That means that when someone does something to you, right? A better rendering of this in my my personal view would be I can endure all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Remember when Paul wrote the the, the letter to the Philippians, I believe he was sitting in jail, wasn't he? I believe so. But he said I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me Hebrews 1 and uh, 2 we've already touched on that I'm not going to reiterate on that but it but uh, so we'll move on gentleness and kindness gentleness or kindness because that's really what it is uh, Romans 1210 Paul writes be kindly affectioned to one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another you know what that is? That's looking at your brother more highly esteemed than yourself. That's saying, you are more important to me than I am right that's what that's essentially saying that's going to continue on that's a that's a that's a continuous thought uh Ephesians 432 and be ye, be ye kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you in other words just the same way that we got that forgiveness of our sins that allowed us to be born again and adopted into the family and the household of God that's how we should treat our brethren in the lord Now, if I could touch on a worldly song for just a moment, it's an old song. Maverick and Goose sung it in Top Gun, right? The Righteous Brothers. You've lost that love and feeling. It's the it's the the hus. I'm going to say it. It's the husband's talking to his wife because of the day and age that it was written. But uh, talking to his wife, and he starts saying, "You have all you, you got all these little things that are making are are making you're making big deals out of now." <laughs> Right, And it's caused our love to not be what it once was. And the same thing happens amongst the brotherhood of the Lord. When we start noticing little things, little imperfections, little things that we don't like about one another, instead of looking at that and saying, Christ is greater than that, right? A lot of times we let that build up. That's not what we're supposed to do. That's not the kindness that God would have us to show forth one to another. But just as Christ, just as we've been forgiven, right? Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, so you do the same thing. Goodness and vir- goodness or virtue, right? Another one of the fruits of the Spirit. These are the things that prove what is uh, the perfect will of God. Galatians 2.14, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and do not as the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as the Jews? Right? Peter wasn't doing right by the, those Gentile believers, was he? That was when Peter had separated himself when the Jews came in and he started living by an old code or he was teaching the uh, rather he was teaching that they should do that Psalm 23 6 says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if you've been saved that's you (laughs) the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want David says he leadeth me beside the green by the still waters. He leadeth me into green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Faith. We've already touched on this one, so I'm not going to touch on it again. It's necessary for the pleasing of God, and without it, you can't please Him. I had somebody ask the question about Abraham being justified by works. And they said, but Abraham was justified by works. And I said, he was in the sight of men. <laughs> in the sight of men. And I said this. I said, I can't look on your heart and I can't look on the inward man and judge the way God does in that manner. The only way I can make a determination upon that is to do the works match. Does the fruit of the Spirit match? If it doesn't, that's the only thing we have to go on. Third John, uh, the third John chapter 1, verses uh, 5 through 7. There's only one chapter, but beloved, <clears throat> thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and strangers. Do it faithfully. Right? That's what he's saying here. If you're going to do something, do it faithfully. Faithfully. As to the Lord. As to the Lord, which we have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. Last two, meekness one of the last two's meekness. And then uh, Micah 6.8 says, He hath shown thee, O man, what is good, and, 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 and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Uh, Moses, well, he probably committed more sins than one, but there was one sin in particular that prevented Moses from entering into Canaan. And that was when he exalted himself above. And I understand why he did. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Moses had, had suffered a lot at their hands. But he exalted himself over the rest of the body of Israel. And he looks at them and he says, Ye rebels. He lifted himself up, didn't he? And saying, ye rebels. And God said, uh-uh. <laughs> you will not enter into... And there's another thing, too. In anger, he smote the rock there at Horeb twice. And Christ is only smitten once for sin. That rock was Christ. That prevented him from entering into the promised land. And, uh, and so we should walk humbly with the Lord... As we've already said, we should esteem our brother higher than ourselves. Uh, if we do that, then we're doing what the Lord would have us to do. Uh, Romans twelve and three says, "For I say, through the gra- though the grace through the grace of God given to, unto me to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think." Right there, Paul says the same thing. But to think soberly according to God, as uh, as as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith right this is the evidence that we've been saved that we look at our brother and we say you're on a higher pedestal than i am (laughs) brother steve you're a higher pedestal than i am not in your eyes but in mine that's how we should treat everybody the last one's temperance or self-control right for the grace of God, this is in Titus two eleven and twelve. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Right, denying the worldly lust, uh, all the lusts of the flesh. Right, the lusts of, uh, <laughs> lust of the eyes, the lusts of the eyes, the lusts of the flesh, and the pride of life. We should deny all of those in all their forms. We should remember there are six things that God hates, yea, seven are an abomination, right? And the very first one's a proud look, a lying tongue. So on and so forth. First Timothy two and fifteen says, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. Self control. These are the things that evidence that we've been saved. And Paul, in talking to the Ephesians, he says this. He says, I therefore beseech ye as the prisoner of the Lord. Right? And really, you should look at that as the prisoner in the Lord, because Paul was in the Lord Jesus Christ. As the prisoner of the Lord, beseech that you walk worthy of the vocation of the Lord wherewith ye are called. And that's that of a saint. With all loneliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love and endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Folks, if a church isn't exemplifying these things, it's not going to be a successful church in the eyes of the Lord. I don't care how many members it's got. I don't care how big it gets. If it's not exemplifying these things, if the members that make up that church aren't producing the fruits of the Spirit, we're not going to be successful. It's the Holy Ghost that does the work, isn't it? The real work convicts, applies the blood of Christ, takes up residence within a person who is lost, uh, makes that the habitation of God. Uh, Isaiah says that the Lord uh, inhabits eternity and the heart of those who are contrite and humble, i.e. those that are saved. But if we walk in the world more than we walk with the Lord in the light of the Lord, we can find ourselves outside the bounds of that, can't we? And so we have to guard ourselves and we have to make sure that we always stay under ourselves that we make sure that we make sure that we are producing these fruits because as Paul said and I'm going to close with this they prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. That's the important thing, isn't it? The world needs to know what is acceptable unto the Lord because right now The things that God has deemed to be unacceptable are winning the day, aren't they? Here's a big problem that I see, and and I see um, you get in a lot of. I see a lot of church people saying these things, and I want to close with this. There's a lot of temptation today, especially when you mingle in the political factor in. With religion. There's a lot of temptation today for people who belong to churches to look at people who they may disagree with politically and say that they want to see the punishment carried out. We should not ever revel in that. Here's why the Lord. God himself does not find any satisfaction or joy in the death of the wicked. Right? And furthermore, that's an exalting of yourself in saying, I'm better than they are. We may have our disagreements, that's okay, but keep it outside of the doors of the church. It should not impact God's kingdom. The things of man shouldn't. It should not impact it. It should be kept out. It should be forced out so that we can allow the fruits of the Spirit to blossom and and, and to bring forth life to those that don't believe. That's what we need to do. We need to allow the evidence that we've been saved to shine forth. Who are lost in a dying world? That's my message today. I hope you got a blessing out of it. If there's anybody here that's lost and you need to seek the Lord, today would be a good day to get saved. Be a good day to get saved, brother Williams. If you've got a song.